Have you dreamed of bigger things for your life? Then you are in the right place. Each week, you will be given tips on how to change your inner dialogue, conquer your goals, and ways to step into a higher version of yourself. I'm your host, Lauren Kubat. I'm a motivational speaker who hosts personal development events. I'm a sought-after fitness instructor, a wife, and a mom of two young boys. I'm obsessed with all things personal development, and I believe anyone can achieve the life they want. Let the Become Your Vision podcast be the inspiration you need to step into greater things. Now let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I am super excited, super excited. I have Christina LaCure on the show today. And if you're not familiar with her, she is a former professional golfer, a three-time reality television competitor, confidence and mindset coach, motivational speaker, and founder of Women With Class Mastermind, as well as Decide It's Your Turn Women's Weekend. Christina's mission in life is to empower people to fully live in their purpose confidently and successfully. Christina, welcome to the show. Hey girl. Hey, what's going on? I'm super excited to be here. Yay. I was telling Christina before we hit, uh, hit record that like I found her on Instagram somehow. I don't remember, but I feel like we had this like instant connection. Uh, and then we found out. So one of my favorite podcasters is Lori Harder. And then you told me that you um, are an investor in her company, like Peak, which I was like, oh my gosh, I like this woman even more. So it's just super cool that we're able to sit down and just like jam. And yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, Lori is a beautiful human. I'm very, very thankful to call her a friend. And I'm very thankful to say that I'm a small part of the Light Pink Investor Group and happy to do so. I I just think that Lori has made a massive impact in my life over the years. I have been a part of her and her husband, Chris's mastermind. I actually knew her husband, Chris, um, before I actually even knew her. And she's just a a really stand up human who's left a big impact in this world and is always willing to like step into the uncomfortable. And obviously her podcast is, you know, uberly successful. I've been honored to be a guest on that podcast. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's five degrees or what is it called? Three degrees, seven degrees of separation, whatever it is, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool that we connected through, you know, just, you knew, you knew Lori's podcast and then somehow the small world found your you to my space. So amazing. I didn't know you were on her show. I need to listen to that episode. Yeah, I can forward it to you. I think, you know, I, I know exactly when it was, it was last spring. It was in the beginning of COVID where everyone was kind of just like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. So how did you meet Chris? I met Chris at an event. So one of the things that I talk about so heavily in like on my social media and in my life is I just truly believe you are who you surround yourself with. And I believe fully in investing in myself all the time. And I was at an event in Ohio, maybe five or six years ago. And I was just standing there getting a drink or something along those lines. And I ended up drumming up a conversation with Chris. I had 
literally zero clue on the planet who he was. And he, he, it was before he started his for the love of money podcast. And so it was back when he was really heavily involved with isogenics and didn't have a massive platform on social media. But I was one of the first people, I think I was the first person ever to sign up for fast foundations mastermind when he, when he launched that. And I've kind of just, you know, been a fan of them and what they do in this world ever since. That's amazing. So cool. So fun. So let's get into, you're a former professional golfer. Like how did you get into that? Did your family play? Like go through that journey in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I took up golf really, really late in life. I took up golf when I was 18 years old and, um, yeah, pretty crazy. I grew up in a golfing family. My dad was, um, very good like professional level of hockey. And then they got into professional level of uh, golf. And so I grew up around golf courses. I was working at a golf course since the age of like, it was before I could drive. I want to say like 14 or 15. I remember driving, but like getting out of the passenger seat, couldn't drive myself. So it was, it had to be the 14, 15 uh, timeframe. And, um, I grew up around a golf course, but when I was about 18 years old and I was working at these golf courses, I figured out very quickly that the only way to hang out with the guys after work was to play golf. So I got really good, really fast, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I'm definitely not, I wasn't a natural by any means. Obviously I have some natural ability, but for me, I've just always worked really hard at something. And I think I, my competitive spirit is definitely the thing that has given me the most success, you know, in golf and now in business and even just in life in general, like I would rather like lose my arm than lose pretty much at anything what I do. (laughs) So, um, my golf career kind of started when I was 18 and by the time I was 21, I had won the first three tournaments I'd ever played. I was on a full scholarship here in Arkansas, where I now reside. Um, I moved down to uh, Arkansas in 2002 and been here ever since. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like 18, like you said, that is like late, well, like quote unquote, late to start like something that you're going to be like pro at. Most people start when they're like out of the womb pretty much, right? Oh, hundred percent. I think that's one of like, it was a, like, there's a lot of things in my life that are my biggest strengths and my biggest weaknesses. And I think that that was a big strength and a big weakness is the fact that like, I came to golf so late that I wasn't like completely worn down by the time that I got to college. Like I had never one day played a junior golf tournament in my life because I started when I was not a junior. So like there's people that were in college that with me that had been playing golf since they were like four years old and they were just trying to get through four years so they could quit doing golf. Right. I was brand new that I was just starting and it was definitely something that held me back. Like I had, I've told the story. If you know anything about golf, there's something called sand bunkers beside the green. Well, I had never ever hit out of a sand bunker when I went to college. Like that's just like a, a mind blowing stat. But at the same time, like I, I was so naive in the fact that like I won the first tournament I played. Well, I had no idea what it took to even win a golf tournament. So like when I was like almost in the lead, I was like, well, surely like this isn't good enough. And sure enough it was. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And then that you, um, that saying like, um, business it's made on a, like a golf course or something like that. 
Is that oh, true? <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. So, you know, I, uh, my journey through golf is kind of something that we can discuss if you want, but like at the end of the day, like I played, uh, I started playing golf three years later, I got a college scholarship. I was a, a four-time All-American through college. I played all four years. Then I turned professional after college. I played three years professionally before I started doing corporate and charity golf events. So what that meant, like to really boil it down, I wasn't near good enough to play with the best in the world. So I figured out how to use my skill of playing golf and my look of, you know, I was somewhat good looking and my personality to connect with humans on a human level and a business-based level. So I called it the trifecta. And what I did was uh, companies and corporations hired me to play golf with executives. So it's like kind of taking your, you know, your um, clients out to a football game, whining and dining them, and then they end up being clients forever. Well, they did the same thing with me. Customers used to hire me to come out and BS with guys on the golf course, have a good time, go to, go to dinner, pay me a great amount of money. And then they were like, thought the day was the best thing ever. And they continued to do business with them. So to think, you know, oftentimes our presidents and everyone gets slammed for playing golf. I'll be honest with you. There's million, multiple million dollar deals that are done on the golf course every single day. Um, you know, I, I think that it's one of the, one of the best places to actually get a deal done. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Now. Okay. So Eventually, golfing wasn't giving you everything that you wanted, right? The, there was this sense of unfulfillment. Can you talk about um, that transition? Yeah, absolutely. It kind of started back when I was 18 years old. I always tell the story that when I was 18 years old, two things happened to me. One, I got good at golf, and two, I got good looking. And people get a chuckle out of that. And, um, but it's true. So, you know, grew up pretty much normal family. Um, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was just average at everything, right? I'd never really had a ton of attention put on me. But when I, I went backpacking for three months um, internationally by myself. And when I came home from that trip, I had guess I had come into my own at about 18 years old. I looked a certain way. And then I started playing golf and I got really good really fast. And so from that moment on for like the next 10 years, I was had a ton of external validation. I was, you know, on television shows, I was playing professional golf. I was in college winning all the time. And that validation, that external validation was coming at me from left, right, and center. Well, the first time you get a hit of that per se, like it's almost like a drug, right? You want more and more of it. And so for myself, I'm like, okay, how do I get more attention? I get skinnier. I get richer. I do better in golf. I like push myself to the limits to try to get that next hit of you're so special. You're so great. You're so pretty. Your life's so amazing, blah, 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 blah. And yes, a lot of it was, but internally I did not feel all of the things that everyone said I was supposed to feel. I was doing something because everyone told me it would make me happy. Everyone told me it would make me the money. Everyone told me that it was such a great life. Well, I wasn't listening to myself. I was listening to the external world. And um, it took me until I was about 27, 28 years old to kind of be in a huge rut, to be honest with you. I had an awful eating disorder. I hated myself and I didn't really want to continue on the journey that I was on. And I, I kind of came to this rock and a hard place spot where I was like, 
wow, I have a lot of external things that people would think makes my life amazing, but I'm fucking miserable. So how do I change that? And um, for me, that was the beginning of this new journey for me when I was about, you know, I guess that's like almost 12, 13 years ago. But uh, that was really when I dove into self-development because I knew that playing golf wasn't wasn't making me happy. And I checked most of the boxes that everyone said I needed to check to be happy. That's so, yeah, that's, that's so interesting because there's these like transitions in our life where there's so much resistance, right? You know, you think you're on this, this path and you're going to spend the rest of your life achieving these goals or living a certain way. And then when that feeling hits that you can no longer resist that this is the way I'm whatever living my life or um, what is bringing me my salary. And for your case, you know, a lot of money um, when that comes up and you're like, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. It's like, Oh, what, where is this resistance coming from? And then we try to fight it sometimes. And you know, we get sadder and there's other, other things that come into play. And your story reminds me a bit about mine. Um, I was teaching, went to school for six years, elementary education, spent four years in college, had all this debt. And then I was like, in it for six years. I'm like, I do not want to do this anymore. This is not my path. And then there was some resistance there. But once you're able to like work through that, oh my gosh, like it's amazing when you find your path of purpose and we create it, right? There's nobody that can tell us like, no, well, this is where you belong. Because as soon as somebody says that, then we're like, no, we don't want it even more. Do you feel the same way? Oh, girl, it's so, so true. You know, for myself, it was just like this moment where I had to quit listening to what everyone else on the planet said was going to make me happy and really tune into myself. But I think one thing that stops people. So, if you know, for your listeners who are thinking, oh, my gosh, this is so me. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that stops so many people is the fact that at the end of the day, people are so tied to what they should be doing and they tie their worth in life to what they're doing. And I think that that's one of our biggest problems, you know, as a coach, I work with a ton of women, but I also work with a lot of guys and especially men have a tie to financial, right? Like I, like if I'm making a million dollars, that's my worth. Like that's my, my CEO title is like why I am worthy. You know, for me, in particular, my example is even on social media, my social media handle used to be at golf Christina because I was golf. Golf was Christina. And who was I without golf? That I think is like something that's so hard is like when you're transitioning, like even for yourself, like you were a teacher, everyone knew you were a teacher. Well, now that you're not a teacher, who are you? And so many people tie their worth to what they do instead of who they are. And for those who follow me at I'm now at B Christina, which is B E Christina, because the reason why that is, is like every day, my job is to show up and be Christina. Some days that's golf, Christina. Some days that's white Christina. Some days that's coach Christina. Some hours, those are four different titles. But at the end of the day, I have to be Christina. And 
I was born worthy. And, you know, faith is a big part of my existence. I haven't always been tied to my faith, but you can call it God, source, universe, whatever you want. For me, it's God. But for me, knowing that I am worthy, whether I am golfing, whether I'm coaching or whether I'm laying my ass on the couch, for me, that was like a game changing moment. And and knowing that, like, I know that to my absolute core. And I think oftentimes people have to really understand that they are worthy and it, um, it doesn't make it easy, but it makes it more doable when you know that your worth is not tied to what you do, how much money you make, how you look, who you're associated with. That allows you to make that transition a lot easier. Oh my gosh. Preach. I love that. I love that. We're in this um, time of like, who can hustle harder? Who's working harder? Who has, you know, whatever followers on social media. And it's, yeah, we constantly feel like we have to do. And actually I listened to Tony Robbins on Shalene Johnson's podcast not too long ago, but um, he was saying like, your purpose comes from inward, right? And what brings you joy and what brings you happiness? And if, you know, if gardening brings you happiness, that is part of your purpose. You know, it's not necessarily what's in your, your checking account, because that's not going to bring you happy if you're just so happy or unhappy on the inside, right? You're not happy with how you look. You're not happy in your relationships. It doesn't matter if you have a million dollars in your bank account. If you're unhappy, you're unhappy, right? Absolutely. And I think one thing to kind of tie it into the financial there, and this is where I help a lot of my clients with is for them to understand is like, when you're so in line with your purpose, I believe God, source, universe, whatever you want to believe is wanting you to do that thing. So let's use gardening as an example. I've always used like, you know, a ton of examples, but the gardening, perfect example. If you know that you know that you know, you are most lit up when you are gardening. And that is the thing that you need to do. And you believe that you're in alignment to serve others by doing some aspect of the gardening. I always believe if you are willing to step into that, the universe will 100% show you the path on how to make that profitable. I think so oftentimes people get so scared that they prevent themselves from doing something because they never know how it's going to monetize. Mm. Perfect gardening. Perfect example. There's a man. I am based here in Arkansas. There's a man here who's like this world renowned gardener guy. Now his name is like P Allen Smith. He's got books and, and all sorts of things. I don't know the guy, but like this, this thought came to my mind when he initially thought about gardening, I'm sure he had no idea that that was going to monetize into a multi-million dollar idea. What he had to do was he had to fucking garden. He had to start because now he's followed the breadcrumbs on how to make that a profitable business. And now I'm not saying that every single person has to turn their purpose into a profit. I believe I am one of the luckiest people on the planet to know that this is my purpose and I am monetizing it. Not everyone needs to do that nor wants to do that. But I also believe if you have a purpose and a passion and want to be able to monetize that, Oftentimes people think so far down the road that it prevents them from doing it now. When I first started doing this, I had no idea this was going to turn into the financial success and the abundance that it had, but I knew that I had to do it. Mm 
And I think that that is one of the most important things for people to remember is that if you are 100% know that you want to do something, the universe will always allow you to figure out how to do it more because you're serving the greater good. Oh, so good. So good. I love that. Going off on what you said here, when one of your clients comes to you and you're and they're like, Christina, you know, I feel unfulfilled. I don't know what my talents are. I am feeling misaligned. I don't know what my purpose is. How do you guide them to finding their purpose? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a few things. The first thing I always say to them is, what turns you into a bubbling idiot like I am right now? <laughs> like you, I know you can't see this, but you just heard me go on an absolute rant. You heard my voice spike with excitement. If you could see this, you would see that the veins are popping in my neck. You would see that I just sat up in my chair. You would see that I just got uber passionate. Ask yourself, what makes you do that? What makes you spike with excitement? What makes you be able to talk for days? What would you do for free all day long? If you had the abundance to be able to do it, what would you do for free? Is it the gardening? Can you talk to me all day long about all the friggin' flowers that are in my garden or how the trees look or how I should plant my grass or whatever the hell it is? And then what injustice do you see in the world? This is the last one, the injustice that you see in the world. So for me personally, I absolutely come out of my skin when I'm talking to someone who doesn't believe that they're worthy in order to do the thing that they want to do. They don't believe that they can be confident and successful in the thing that they want to do. So if you're looking at my lawn and you walk past every neighborhood and you could point out the 97,000 things that they could do to make that look different, that's the injustice that you see. So that is usually along the lines of your purpose. Your purpose can always be found of what can you talk about all day long? What injustice do you see in the world? And what makes your voice spike with incitement that you would be able to talk about it all damn day and do it all damn day if you had the time and the um, financial ability to do so? I think that those three things, when you tie into those three things and you get clarity on that, you're probably pretty damn close to what you should be doing. Oh my gosh, so good. Okay, so I'm going to go with this example, what you just said. What if somebody comes to you and they're like, well, because I know my listeners out there, some are still like struggling to find out what my purpose is. And, and they come to you and they said, well, I get excited about talking about my dogs. You know, that is what brings me excitement. How can they step into their purpose of loving their, their dogs or showing up in, maybe this is silly, or aligning their profit with their purpose, I guess? Yeah, well, you have to be willing to do something. So like, let's say you love dogs. Okay, you love dogs. Okay, what do you love doing with dogs that people would pay for? You know, dogs is a perfect example, because people literally would probably sell their child for their animal a lot of times. Perfect example. How many people do you know that like literally will invest, you know, literally thousands and thousands of dollars in their dogs and yet won't invest a thousand dollars in themselves. That kind of seems back ass words to me, but yeah. it's, it's a hundred percent the truth. So you have to figure out what 
is a need that people are looking for. So like a dog, you know, maybe it doesn't show up in the beginning as going to, you know, be able to replace your full-time salary. This is something that I think most people forget in the beginning as well. When I first started my online coaching business, my, my coaching business in general, when I first started that, I literally still had to do my other job for about two and a half years in order for when I got to the point that like, let's say it was 10% coaching, 90% golf. Then it went 80, 20. And then it sure enough, it got to the point that like, it was at the point where I really needed to go, okay, it's about 70, 30 right now. But if I really go all in, can I get it to about 50, 50 to where it would have been golf and, and coaching. And there is, you know, there's this times where you just know that you have to like, take the, take the leap. Right. But oftentimes so many people like want to like just quit their job and go cold Turkey. I remember Mel Robbins saying, if you have 90 days worth of runway, you can quit your job. Well, I'm not quite Mel Robbins <laughs> and I don't 100%, you know, I think for certain people that's hundred percent the case. You can figure it out when your back is against the wall. I always believe the two things that'll help you get there faster is when you have skin in the game financially. And when you have your back against the wall and you have someone holding you accountable. Mm. and you have to tell someone. So what I mean by tell someone is like, let's say it's the dog business. So let's say you want to do grooming. You want to do dog walking. You want to do, you know, how many people pay a fortune to have, like, I, I'm thinking of, about a place here locally where people pay a bunch of money to like house the dogs like overnight and shit like that. Like I always see posts on our local social media that like this hounds place is sold out. Does anyone know anywhere else? And I'm like, damn, that is sold out. They do not have enough space for housing dogs. They must be making some jack. But, you know, there's always a way to figure it out if you want it bad enough. I think oftentimes people just cut themselves short because they don't, they don't see the end result. Like, it's like, you know, you want to go from, you know, uh, you, you know, you want to work with animals, you know, you want to work with dogs, but right now you don't know how that's going to monetize. Well, guess what? Sometimes you have to take a step to figure out if you're going to go left or right, you're going to go right or left. I think one of the reasons why people are so attracted to me, most of my clients come to me with like a couple of issues. And my main problems are the main reason why I think a lot of people end up hiring me is because I make unbelievably fast decisions and no matter what the decision is right mm. and how does that happen because i am unbelievably confident in myself i'm unbelievably confident that i will always be able to figure it out you know one thing that i say is confidence equals money and people are like so confused by that but confidence 100 equals money confidence equals making a fast decision and knowing no matter what i have made the right decision even if it blows up in my face i'm like cool i obviously needed that lesson what decision can i make next to get me to where i want to go if i go left it's the right decision if i go right it's the right uh, it's the right decision and i think people when they lack confidence or they lack the mindset, that's what's going to slow them. So you have to make a decision about the dogs. So this is the thing that I'm going to do. Cool. Right decision. You can pivot at any point in time. You can say, okay, that was, that is definitely a decision I'm not going to do the next time, but then give yourself the ability and the lesson to make a different decision next time. Oh my gosh. So true. And I don't know the dogs. I don't know. That's what popped in my head. There's a lady literally kitty corner to my house and she has dogs coming into her house 
like we take our dog to get groomed at her house. I know this lady is getting banged. She like does my dog in 30 minutes and makes like $52 just in that. And she's working from home and it's a part-time gig because, you know, she has a young, young daughter. And I think a lot of the times what, what happens with people is they're like, well, if I can't go a hundred percent all in, why even bother? And it's yep. like, why can't, why can't you do a little bit now after your full-time job, you know, and, and start to dabble there and get your feet wet a little bit and then expand on that. It's like, we get caught up in our own head. Like everything has to be perfect right away. And we have to be the success right out of the womb when that's not the case. People aren't born with success. You have to fail and fail again and, and fail forward to, you know, to grow. Absolutely. 110%. And I think that that's it. Most people are not willing to do the hard. Most people are not willing to fail. Most people are not willing to fall flat on their face. Most people are not willing to put themselves out there. Most people are not willing to do that. I tell my clients all the time, guess what? You're not most people. Most people who work with me are not most people. I am not most people. I am always willing to figure it out. I'm always willing to invest in myself. I'm always willing to know that every decision I make is going to get me to the next decision. Like the confidence that I have in myself is honestly, <laughs> oftentimes a lot of people come to me because they borrow quote unquote, borrow my confidence in the beginning of their journey. Not everyone I work with is for business. A lot of people I work with is for personal stuff as well. And they don't see, oftentimes people are like, I can never invest in myself for confidence reasons and all the things. I'm like, you are out of your mind because a person who is confident is the person who is always going to figure it out and make shit work every single time. Mm. The dumbest, pe there's the dumbest people on the planet sometimes are the people who are most successful. Why? Because they're confident as fucking themselves to figure it out every time. Yeah. So true. And what's cool about confidence, you're, you're not born with it. It's just like a muscle, like a bicep, you know, that you have to keep flexing over time to become strong and keep doing the things that are uncomfortable until you can do things that are really freaking scary and step into it and be like, well, I'm going to, whether um, I go right or go left, it's going to be a success, right? Amen. A hundred percent. I've always said that confidence is the willingness to show up. Confidence is the willingness to try. Confidence is like a muscle. Absolutely. Don't expect to have it if you're not, if you're not using it. I love that. You yeah. took the words right out of my mouth. Woo. That's why we're connecting. I'm like, oh, we're jamming all day. Love it. Hey, before we get back into the show, I want to ask you a question. And that is, are you looking for a convenient, affordable, and most importantly, fun workout that you can do wherever and whenever? Then I need to tell you about Bar Where You Are's on-demand workouts. It's my girlfriend and fellow boss babe, Heather McWright, has created an amazing online platform with more than 100 different bar, yoga, and dance cardio workouts that are available at the touch of your fingertips. Whether you prefer working out at home, you're planning on going on vacation and don't want to stop your fitness routine, then bar where you are is just what you need. So they have these workouts ranging from 15 minutes to an hour and they literally have everything that you need. And lucky for you, become your vision listeners 
are getting access to 10% off your first month. All you have to do is head to bar where you are, sc.com slash online workouts. Click subscribe now and enter promo code become your vision for 10% off your first month. I will leave that in the show notes and I promise you, you won't regret it. Okay, so kind of going, you're saying you're so, you know, you're confident now. Um, were you always this way? Did you always have this um, type of mindset? No, 100%, absolutely, 100% not. I literally needed to, I, I think the thing that people would have always thought about me is that I was confident. I was confident on the outside. The thing that is different in me in the last eight to 10 years is the fact that I'm confident on the inside now. And to me, like that's the game changer. That is an absolute hundred percent game changer. In college, I was called the intimidator on the golf course. Trust me, I wasn't confident. I was dying on the inside. Mm. Now it's like, I'm not, not scared. Like I'm scared all the time. Bad crap happens all the time. I'm just confident enough in myself to know that it's happening for me and I'll always figure it out. And yeah, it's, it's taken a lot of investment. It's taken a lot of trial and error. It's taken a lot of hard work, you know, like my life, if you just now found me through this podcast, you could look at my life and be like, Oh, she's got it. So great. Yeah, I do. Because I've absolutely busted my ass over the last 10 to 12 years. And every single day I do things that make sure I have a life that I am absolutely obsessed with. Is my life easy still to this day? No, but my life is pretty damn amazing because I decided it to be. Mm, So good. Now, do you think that your golfing career contributed or helped contribute to the confidence? And what I mean by that, or your confidence, what I mean by that is, were you playing with men all the time? And did you have to show up a certain way to kind of um, protect yourself in a way? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was to protect myself, but I will say 110% where I am in my life has a lot to do with amazing men. I I will say I am probably not the female that's all um, women empowerment, even though I do work with a lot of guys, I or a lot of women, I, I am definitely from the mindset of, I think one of the greatest blessings in my life is the fact that I have been around very, very successful men. And I've learned a lot from them. I will say that I've never been in a situation that I felt, you know, um, like taken advantage of or anything like that. I've always had the willingness and the, you know, the ability to stand up for myself, but I really haven't been put in those positions. And I know a lot of people have, but for me, I think that um, being around strong men has made me even stronger. It's been able to allow me to make um, decisions differently, almost better to where I take out some of the emotions sometimes. Cause I think guys do that really, really well. I think um, I've been around such successful people that I see the way that they have the, the way that they think, I think having an athlete's mentality, especially golf where, you know, you're not even on a team, it's an individual sport. Like I know how I succeed is by doing things, you know, by myself, I can't rely on anyone else to do that. Like I know my success is oftentimes tied to what I am willing to do, how I am willing to, you know, do the hard work. Um, I haven't, I haven't felt a need to be any different than who I am. I think I've 
perhaps connect with men quite well because I am a bit of a tomboy. But I also think too that one of the reasons why I don't know if any of your you know audience will relate to this, but before I had confidence in myself and before I did a lot of work on myself, I was always the girl who said, um, I don't have a lot of female friends. I don't have a lot of girlfriends. I don't get along with girls. Girls don't like me. Um, in my personal opinion, the reason why that was, and, and it's not a hundred percent because there is some catty mean people out there, but I didn't like myself. And I think that oftentimes people who don't have the confidence in themselves are going to attract people who um, have those same tendencies to be unkind and untrustworthy. And so for oftentimes, I, for a big per period of my life, I said, well, girls don't like me. I don't have a ton of girlfriends. I think honestly, not, I don't think, I know I didn't like me. So how in the world did I expect anyone else to like me? Oh my gosh. So good. I used to be one of the, those girls that used to say that as well. Like I can't connect with other women. Um, I just get along with guys better. And it was like the story I was creating. Right. And I was living up to that narrative. And I don't know, you know, I think it probably from my childhood, um, you know, the story, um, was created, but yeah, I didn't like myself either. And, and listeners, if you're feeling that way, it's like you have to do the root work, get down to why you're feeling this way and why you don't like yourself, you know, because if you tune in, the answer is there, but sometimes we don't want to tune in. We want to tune out, you know, mm -hmm. but that, you, you know, you've got to do this constant work and it takes, it takes time. Uh, going back to your golfing career. So you're, you're um, on a reality show, like three time reality hit or something like that. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, it's definitely not a reality show that most people would uh, know unless you follow golf. So it's okay. basically, it, it definitely not the bachelor, but it is, um, it was, uh, on, on the golf channel for 25, 26, 27 seasons, there was a show called the big break. And I was on that twice. And then, um, I did the first one, I finished fourth. And then the second one, I ended up winning it. It was a men versus women. I won it for the girls team. And so the girls team won. And then, um, the third show that I was on was another golf channel reality show called shot makers. It only did one season. It didn't do very well, but, um, it was from, for, if anyone knows, you don't even need, need to know much about golf to know what Top Golf is. Mm -hmm. And that was a reality show based at Top Golf Las Vegas. Oh, that's so fun. It was I love fun. reality TV. I'm like always watching the Kardashians or real. Oh, Hollywood. girl. <laughs> it's like one of those things that you can put on and you're like, don't have to think. And it's just like, totally. You know, so what was that experience like? Where is it? nerve-wracking to be on like camera or was that just something that you were used to and you're like oh whatever cameras are around or what was that like yeah the cameras had nothing to do with it I've, I've always been comfortable I was doing television things like that but for me the very first reality show that I was on I was not 
I did not understand that it was a reality show based on golf and the first show. And I was not the same person that I am today. I think I would have absolutely thrived on a show like that now because of my mindset, because of my confidence, because of knowing who I am, but back, you know, God, I can't even tell you how many years ago that was a long time ago, 2007 or 2008. So a ton, a, a, a lot, a long, long ass time ago, proof of how old I am. But, um, when I did that, I was so not confident in myself. I was so worried about what other people were going to think. I was so worried thinking that my whole life revolved around the success on that show. And I was a complete mess inside, to be honest with you. And that really hurt my confidence because, you know, thank God I, I think about it now. Like that was even before social media, but like I was attacked on blogs. Like you're so ugly. You're not good. Blogs were a thing back then, let alone social media. So so I now think about, you know, even the Kardashians, like using them, obviously I'm not comparing myself in, in any regard, but just like the, the haters, like I've, I thought oftentimes about like the Britney Spears and the Justin Bieber's and all of those people that, you know, how mental capacity to handle the haters is ridiculous. And I wasn't able to handle it. It, it was I, I look back on it as like a very difficult season in my life, but I also look at it as such a blessing because that was like one of the pivotal factors of me kind of figuring out, you know, how I got to change my life, how I decided to be Christina instead of worrying so much about golf, Christina. Mm, so good. Okay. This, I think that's a perfect segue into like stepping into who you are as a person and not to have to, not having to live up to anybody else's standards. On one of your episodes, you talk about that you and your husband made the decision not to have children. And according to the society that we live in, that's still considered taboo. And you mentioned in your, your podcast that many people think that you can't. And there is something so empowering that you shared this story because it's not something that we talk about. And in your case, it's not the fact that you can have children. It's the choice that you guys made as a couple that you don't want to have children. So can you jam on that a little bit? Because I'm sure there are people out there that are feeling the pressure of like, when am I going to have kids? Or am I going to have kids? Or do I have to have kids? And how you kind of came into that power of knowing that you didn't have to have children in order to feel fulfilled. Yeah, absolutely. So um, on my podcast, Decide It's Your Turn, everything is about deciding it's your turn in life, right? And I think this was a topic that so many people have asked me and actually people dance around kind of the conversation because Nathan and I have been together. Um, it'll be 18 years this fall. We've been married. It'll be close to 10 now. We've been together a really long time We're, you know, Nathan's 47 and I'm going to be 39. And so most people assume that we can't have children. And I have been always from the thought process that like, I pretty much now, especially in my life, only do things because it lights me the hell up and I don't really care what anyone else says. A perfect example is the fact that as you can tell, I cuss and God and I are super tight. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that think that 
I, me cussing and my faith is like the worst thing ever. Um, but I will tell you one of the coolest things that I get on pretty much on a daily basis is the fact that people find their faith because I am not in a box. I have always been willing to go with my gut and my integrity, no matter what anyone else thinks. And for me to have had kids would have been very much a self-betrayal. And I say that because there has not been one day in my life that I thought I wanted kids. And I was getting pressure, um, you know, even to get married. My husband and I were together eight years before we got married. So many people are like, why aren't you getting married? Why aren't you getting married? It wasn't until, and I, I talk about this on my podcast too, there was a situation that happened that like my my mindset flipped and Nathan's mindset flipped where we're like, yeah, we definitely want to get married. And it's one of the greatest decisions ever. But I will tell you, I, until I had that epiphany of that I wanted to get married, I didn't give two shits about what anyone else said. And I think that, again, that comes down to the confidence. But for me, being vocal about not having children and having a really like the number one thing I've done right in this world is my marriage. Like I have worked my ass off for my marriage. I think my marriage is the best thing on the whole entire planet. It is such a priority to me. It hasn't always been amazing, but it is awesome and amazing. And I put a ton of effort into that. But for me to have had children and um, betrayed what I believe to be true would have been probably one of the worst decisions. Now, I'm not saying like I couldn't make my decision tomorrow that like, okay, we're going to have kids, but like it's my decision and I am no longer I don't allow anyone to tell me what to do. I take into consideration um, everyone else's opinions, but at this end of the day, I have to trust myself above all else. And one thing that I've told so many people that have come to me and said like, oh my gosh, I thought I might not want to have kids as well is like, I can leave my mark on this planet without leaving my DNA. Mm -hmm. And that I think is really important for certain people to hear, because I think we are just trained. Like, I mean, you know, like, when are you getting married? When are you having kids? When are you buying a house? When are you getting that? Like, and I think most people want it because they want you to like, quote unquote, be happy. Well, that's what like makes you happy. But no, the thing is, is you have to tune in to figure out what actually makes you happy and what you want to do. And you have to be willing to get uncomfortable. You have to be willing to kind of have people disagree with you. There is a ton of people that disagree with me on a lot of aspects of my life, but they don't go to bed with me at night. Yeah. They don't talk to me like in my brain. So I've got to really stay true to that. And so, you know, I think it's just important that I voice that. It's so good. And I feel like once people are pressured into doing something, there's that that resentment there too is like you're making choices based on whether it's college or marriage or you know going you know to a certain into a certain career or whatever it is it's that it's that pressure but you know you have this knowing in your heart what you want out of life and i feel like there's not a lot of people don't choose to follow that knowing, right? We break under pressure, whatever it is. But um, I just thought that was perfect to touch on because there are women like you that in their heart, they don't want to have children, right? And then there's other women, you know, that do have kids and their knowing is to have kids. Like in, in my case, that was a knowing, but following, following that knowing. I love that. Okay. 
uh, let's, I have a few more um, questions here that I really want to get into. Um, when women come to you, men or women, what are some of the principles that you really uh, focus on first, whether it's in your mastermind or whether it's in your um, events or conferences or your, your group settings? What are some of the principles that you think people must have in order to be successful in, and step into their confidence? Yeah, I think that just the desire. I think most people who end up working with me have um, a desire to start trusting that small, still voice. I think one thing that most people um, come to me for at some point in time, most regards, I do a lot of business coaching, but I, I mean, you can't really have, be successful in business if you don't have some confidence and some mindset. Like you sit, you say you come to me because you want, want the business, but really that's, it's just a ton mental. Like, you know, it, it, that's a big part of it. But I think you have that knowing with inside of you, that fire inside of you. So you either come for the, like the confidence, the mindset, the personal, and you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like you've got this like little burning desire that you push down, push down, push down. A lot of my clients are either in their later twenties or uh, later fifties, because those are the two time frames where they've kind of put themselves aside and they've listened to the external when they really are sick and tired of pushing down the thing that they actually know that they need to do. And then the people that I like working with the most are the people who have like, they really honestly, I don't think I could ever work with someone who's like, I just want to make money. Okay, cool. Well, what do you want to do to make money? No, I don't know. I just want to make money. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> That's not the way this works. <laughs> you have to have a desire to want to do something greater than yourself. And those are, I think, the people that um, have the most success. Mm, yeah, so good. So tell us what your, your masterminds are like and your coaching is like. Yeah. So I, I do two things really, to be honest with you. I have three, basically three ways to work with me. The most uh, affordable way to work with me. And I think is like one of the coolest things is um, my network. It's called the decide it's your turn network. And if you listen to my podcast, decide it's your turn, you can find out all about it, but it's just like a monthly network. And I believe who you associate with will change your life. And if you want to be uh, with people who vibrate on a high level, if you want to be with, around people who are successful, if you want to be around people who kind of understand that you want more in life. Um, my network, I go live twice a month. It's a really good connection of people. I do my masterminds, which I only host uh, twice a year. Um, it's a small group, maximum of 20 people. One of the reasons why my masterminds are so successful is because you get one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. It's a group of like-minded people who want to accelerate growth in life and business. Um, that's a four-month program. I do that twice a year. And then my one-on-one -on -one coaching is the most, you know, uh, intensive way to work with me. Most of my clients do a call a week. And the one thing that sets me apart and why I'm pretty much sold out through the end of the year, if not longer, is because you get 24-hour uh, access to me 365 days a year. I want to know when things are good, when things are bad, when you're having a meltdown, when you're having an aha moment, when you're having all the things. I look at my coaching as like an athletic relationship. When I was playing golf, I wasn't going to only talk to my coach once a week and feel like I was going to be successful. I want to have a relationship. And that's the thing that sets me apart in my coaching and why I'm pretty much always sold out. Um, 
I'm pretty much the best at what I do. I know that I'm confident in that. I have the results to prove it with all my clients and my <laughs> return rate is, is pretty good. So um, I feel really called to do what I do. I know I'm damn good at it. And I, and I literally am obsessed with what I get to do every day. And uh, you know, we'll finish this out by just saying like, don't look at all the people on the internet and think that you're doing it wrong. You're not doing it wrong. You're exactly where you need to be. Be obsessed with what you get to do. Be obsessed with the results that you get to have um, to put, put on other people to help people achieve. And um, you will have the success. There's no doubt about it. I've never thought of one of my clients as a dollar. I look at them as how can I help these people step so far into their purpose that they are blessing their people and beyond. Mm, so good. So good. And you mentioned this a few times and I'll, um, I'll have you share your contact information again. And I'll leave it in the show notes, but on Instagram, you are. B Christina, B E C H R I S T N A. So B Lauren, B Christina, <laughs> B Karen, B whoever the hell you want to be. But don't be a Karen. <laughs> don't be a Karen. Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. There are plenty nice Karens, but there is. They're out there. I don't know who they are. Sorry, Karen. Um, and then your podcast is decide it's your turn. At any point in time, you two can decide it is your turn. Love that. Thank you so much for being here. I loved it. Thank you. Yes. You guys remember you got this. If you love this episode, please tag Christina, be Christina and myself on Instagram. We would love you forever. And I would appreciate if you leave a review. Remember guys, you got this. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, make sure you are subscribed so you know when more episodes come available. My goal is to inspire others to become their vision and one way to get the word out is with reviews. I would really appreciate it if you left an honest review on iTunes and it would mean so much to me. Thanks again and remember to go after the life you want. Bye guys. Bye.